captaincy was something I, you know, no matter what the team was, and from what from a very early age, it sort of it sat pretty well with me from an on field point of view. So it's you know I have I've always thought that I had a pretty good idea of you know how to do things out in the field. So I didn't find that difficult. At the time, you think, you know, you probably, you know, took a deep breath and, um, you know, thought about, you know, probably you think your mind switches straight to like, right, what team are we picking and who, you know, when's the next game and how long have I got to get ready for it sort mm. of thing. So, but then now, you know, finish your career and you look back and, you know, you, you're, it's like getting a bag of green cap and, you know, same sort of thing. No one can ever take that away from you. So, yeah, it'll be, uh, you know, looking back in uh, in a few years' time or however long, it'd just be, it's a nice thing to be able to think, yeah, you know, I did that one day. Hi everybody, welcome to the podcast. This is Humans with Luke McCredden. I'm Luke McCredden. The voice you heard there off the top was Cameron White. Cameron has spent the majority of his life playing cricket at a professional level for Victoria but also Australia. Uh, playing all around the world with all sorts of characters and all sorts of environments. Uh, we had a really good chat uh, recently about cricket, about leadership and what it takes, uh, but also the next chapter, when your playing days come to an end. There's a bit of boating and fishing chat in there too because it's something we both love, but hopefully you love this chat. This is episode three with Cameron White. Good stuff. Thanks for coming in. That's this is right. good. So how we go. I haven't spoken to you for a while. It's been a while. It's been a little bit. Um, we were just sort of saying off air that you were. Um, it's kind of different for you right now. You'd be getting stuck into training in a normal. In well, I won't say normal. In the last what fifteen years or so, <laughs> you're almost twenty now. But wow. I'm still doing, still doing a bit. Yeah. Um, obviously, I am playing uh, big bash with the Adelaide Strikers over the Christmas period, which is going to be a bit of a change for me. But across um, the border, yeah. So it'll be interesting. Um, so I've got to keep in some sort of reasonable shape there. If I let myself <laughs> if I leave myself uh, too much to do too late, it'll be hard work. So yeah, still doing a bit most days in between. Um, you know, a few other bits and pieces, a bit of coaching and a bit of you know family time and yeah, a bit of this sort of stuff, a bit of radio. I'm doing a segment for RSN. You know, throughout the Cricket World Cup and hopefully. Beautiful into the ashes as well so uh yeah as i said to you off yeah i thought i would have a little bit more time on my hands but <laughs> i seem to be as busy as ever it's gone the other way mm. do you naturally have the, like are you are you a natural sort of trainer like you want you get up most mornings regardless if you've got cr- <laughs> cricket victoria training as you have had in the last 20 years as to now you still got that yeah well i've got no, i've got no cho- no choice to be able to i have to do it still so um and i um I'm your typical white Caucasian as well. I put on weight (laughs) looking at a can of Coke, let alone drinking one. So, um, yeah, well, I'm lucky I've got a couple of mates that live in the area. So we've been doing a bit of F45, which is sort of like a bit of a good change up for me. Um, You know, I've been stuck in the routine of, you know, team sport for the best part of, you know, 20 years now. So to be able to train when and where I like and do whatever now, you know, it feels good. It's good for, good mentally. So, from from a mental point of view, that is a big, sort of change for you now isn't it because it's been team sport and that team environment for the majority of your life now and and at, at a high level so how does it feel now is it, it do you feel like that's even though you're still obviously within uh, club organizations and whatnot and playing in some capacity but does that change your way of thinking at all or does it feel different 
Oh, it definitely feels different. Um, yeah, it's just more that, uh, you know, the realisation that I've sort of finished up playing cricket for Victoria, I think. It's been obviously a huge part of my life. It's taken up over half of it at this stage. So, um, yeah. yeah, it's just a bit of a weird one. I'm not sure whether – I don't miss it just at the moment, you know, the pre-seasons mm. and the long drawn-out sort of uh, days – you know, training. Um, so it'll be interesting to see when the boys start playing, whether how I sort of feel about it then. Yeah. So um, I know, you know, I wasn't missing playing four day cricket, especially towards the end of the end of the year. Um, yeah. I don't like fielding that much, mate. You know, it takes too much concentration <laughs> in the slips. So um, yeah, it's definitely a big change not having that sort of. Um, well, all the comfort of knowing that you're sort of knowing where your next paycheck's yeah. going to come from, that's for sure. So yeah. that's why I'm probably pretty lucky for another 12 months, you know, with this big bash sort of gig over in Adelaide with the Strikers. It'll be something uh, very new to me. I've yeah. played played and experienced all my cricket in Victoria. So, yeah. to, uh, to How are they going to accept you? Oh, well, South Australians <laughs> traditionally don't accept <laughs> Victorians too well, do they? Yeah. But it will be good for my uh, development as, you know, I think I want to, once cricket's all done and dusted from a playing point of view, I want to yeah. stay, in, stay in cricket in some sort of, you know, capacity, hopefully in coaching. So... It'll be good for me to experience a new set of uh, voices and ideas and uh, people. Yeah. Um, you know, it'll be good for just a good experience all around to to work with a new group of people outside of Victoria. So there's yeah. some really really impressive people there as well. Um, Jason Gillespie um, and Michael Divinito are the two main coaches, along with Greg Blewett, so and a few other go- guys. Another bloke by the name of Joe Dawes. So um, very highly regarded coaches in the cricketing industry. So it'd be a good opportunity for me to learn plenty. I don't want to get too journalistic <laughs> because this is a conversational podcast and it's what it's about. But can I, I haven't spoken to you much since the Cricket Victoria contract didn't get up again for this year. Mm-hmm. How did that, did that, did that catch you by surprise a bit? Um, no, not by surprise. Um, I was obviously any time that you, I guess, uh, I suppose, get sacked or get the flick from anything you sort of, you like doing and you want to do, it's sort of, you get pretty disappointed at the time, but Mm. I sort of, uh, I had an inkling that it might be on the cards. I think a lot of the time in life, if something doesn't feel right, it generally isn't. So I had that feeling from a long way out from the, from the start of the, or long way out from the end of the season, sorry. So I was sort of a bit prepared for it, but yeah, as I sort of said to you, you know, just a sec ago that until you actually get the, you know, tap in the shoulder or the boss calls you into the office to say, look, mate, that this is it, mm. you know, it's the, you're still holding on to, well, hope and, you know, you still think you might be, yeah. you know, and in my case, I thought that I still had plenty to give. I wanted to keep playing and I thought there was a role there for me. But um, unfortunately, it doesn't always end how you'd like it to. So no, and that was the it. same in my case. But, you know, what do you do? You can... Mm piss and moan I guess or yep. you can just you know push on and try and look for the the next things to do and yeah you know for me you know as I said I still want to stay in cricket and and so I and still want to keep playing so I'm lucky they've got the one year deal at the strikers and you mm. know who knows how that'll sort of play out so yeah it's um yeah it's all about uh how you move on I guess yeah what have you had because um I've, sp- I've spoken to you uh, quite a bit over the over the years and as you know my brother loves a stat <laughs> and he, he often flicks me a message uh, with some of your stats. Have you had a chance to just sort of sit back and go, fuck, I did all right for Victoria. <laughs> as, as a Victorian cricketer? Because, again, without getting too sports journalistic, because I'm not, you're sort of up there as one of Victoria, Cricket Victoria's all-time greats in, ter- in a lot of categories. 
Well, you I looked at that and thought, yeah. Well, I don't have to. I don't have to look too hard at the personal <laughs> stats, do they? They're probably there's plenty with much better stats than me, so I'll try to steer away from them. But yeah, I can take a bit of satisfaction to knowing that I played in you know mm. six winning grand finals with you yeah. know, with my teammates. So that was um, in Sheffield Shield cricket. That is, and um, along the uh, you know over the years played in you know some other you know wins. Um, you know the Big Bash win and recently and um, some other titles and trophies that we won with Creek Victoria. So they're the yeah. things I you know, remember and you, yeah. know, you look back on. That, you yeah. know, winning's a good thing and you look forward to the, you know, the reunions and getting on the piss with the boys again. So I'll look, <laughs> yes. I'll look forward to that when good. it sort of comes around and because we won a few times, there'll be a few of them. So that's yeah. good. All right, that's um, good. You might need some ring-ins because you won so many. So I'll put my hand up. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, because at some point, I mean, the, the thing I always think about with someone like yourself who, and you know, you look at a lot of, footballs and stuff that play till you know they're into their mid 30s late 30s and that's you, you got to at some point think oh, you know I've I've really done well to get this far do you ever also think about the regional boy from Bansdale who moved to Melbourne to <laughs> start playing cricket at a, at a professional level and and what that kid was like as to what you are now yeah uh, I do all the time and often when we uh, when I talk about you know whether it's you know things like this or you know, if I'm asked to go and speak at a you know sporting club or something mm. like that, it's sort of you know about the journey and how it uh, how it comes up. And a, a question that is often asked about you know when I was I uh, was lucky enough to captain Victoria at a very early age. So people ask me how I sort of dealt with some of the names that I was captaining. You know, Shane yeah. Warne, Matthew Elliott, Brad Hodge. You know, some are some you know pretty big names. So, um, but I often say that I was probably lucky that I was from Bensdale and only sort of you know nineteen or twenty, and probably oblivious to a lot of the pressures yeah. of you know, um, professional sport. And um, and I probably just had no idea to be honest with you. So I was probably lucky in a way yeah. that um, I was you know a bit um, a bit like that. So I, it sort of yeah. didn't affect me. It didn't affect me too much. Um, but yeah, obviously looking back now, coming from. You know, moving basically to Melbourne from the from Bensdale, which is a pretty big change. Um, how, how old were you? I think I pretty much when I finished school, so right. seventeen, going on eighteen. Did you much move so. on your own, or did you have family? No, uh, initially my I had my auntie and uncle lived um, just in Burwood, so I used to right. bunk when I was travelling down from about the age of fourteen. Uh, my parents, you know, you know, would bunk in there sort of yep. a lot of the time when we had to stay overnight or for a couple of days or for whatever it was on, and then eventually once I finished school, yeah, I just moved out into. Uh, into Richmond with a few mates, and I haven't gone far far since in the last twenty years. I think between Richmond and East <laughs> Melbourne, I've changed houses three or four times, and yeah, that's about it. Changed, yeah. moved about four kilometres. Do you feel like did you, did you get much stick or much flack as a young captain on a, on a personal level behind the scenes? Did you feel like you were getting a bit of oh, who's this young punk? Um, no, not not from. Obviously, there was lots of challenges, um, things that I weren't, you know, that I wasn't very good at. Um, right. So the main challenges were from my teammates, really. Mm. Um, and it wasn't a lot of on-field stuff, to be honest. As a young captain, I had to very quickly learn about, you know, the, the which the stuff that didn't come natural to me and mm. like stuff fishing. that I, I didn't know. I'm a good fisherman, <laughs> you know that. Um, so things like you know player management, learning yeah. how to run a team, um, dealing with personalities and what language to use. So yep. as a very young, inexperienced person coming from Bensdale, I had to learn that stuff on the fly. Yeah. So I made, you know, many mistakes and, you know, said the wrong thing to a few people. So, or many people. So, but it was all in my, um, you know, it was all about learning and I had some good people around me, some good coaches, which with lots of support. So yeah, some challenges along the way, but um, one, yeah. One of those things, one of those things that you would have had to manage as not just a captain, but as a, as a, as a young person coming into a professional sport, I dare say, is is money. Um, 
And, and one thing that blows my mind with um, some of the stories you hear from some sports around the world, for example, and I always talk about this with people and just get blown away that, that there was a, there's a stat that 80% of all NBA basketballers end up bankrupt. Bankrupt. 80%. It's a and lot these, of, these, it's are lot guys, of these are guys that are on tens of millions. I'm not saying you're on that at Cricket Victoria. <laughs> but it, it's just from lack of education about what to do and how to, how to manage yourself and the money that you were getting. Um, I, but even as a young kid getting paid to just play sport full time, was that something you had to learn how to deal with? Uh, yeah. So I guess a lot of that stuff probably stems from you know, how you're brought up with your yeah. parents and um, you know the direction that they push you towards. But I was probably very lucky. I got some good advice early on. I, when I was coming down from the country, I started playing my sort of senior cricket or underage cricket with um, Danny Nong in an under-16 competition, part of the pathway competition um, into cricket, which still exists today. Mm. And uh, through someone at the club, they introduced me to um, a bloke by the name of Jared Sholley. And he was a you know, player manager and... Uh, mainly involved in footy at that time, and this was probably before the times of, uh, you know, big bash and before cricket sort of and cricket player management become a sort of a thing. So I was just very lucky, and he's still my manager today. So he's okay. been uh, very good, um, you know, with me about advice, you know, over the years and dealing with you know finances and yep. buying a house here or there or you know, whatever it may be, just to making sure that you're making the right decisions with that sort of thing, along with lots of other you know advice and just being a good you know sounding board, pretty much. So mm. I was probably lucky in that um, regard, but I guess it probably gets back to maybe you know the people that you surround yourself with or you hang out with or sure. in my case just a bit you know just a bit of good advice and some good people at a you know at a local cu- at a you know at a club so yep. um yeah especially when you're younger you don't really know who you should be you know yeah. hanging out with or what you should be doing so well and that's the yeah. thing and again um you know there's sports around the world where there's tens and hundreds of millions getting thrown around and all of a sudden people love to give advice on where that money should go yeah um but but even to a lesser extent, it's still it's still something as a young person in in any sort of element of life, work wise, they might pick up a dream job that pays heaps, and you got to be careful. Yeah, that's right. You you know you hear about gambling, yeah. you know, even here in Victoria with you know AFL, and I'm sure lots of other sports as well. It's, there's plenty of traps out there, isn't it? Yeah. So you've got to be careful. Um, but at the same time, I think it's important that you know for sportsmen, especially you know it's not just about you know not spending a dollar either. You know you've got to enjoy your life and. You know, if that means you know doing whatever you want with a you know, bit of bit of cash to make sure you do do that because it, you know something yeah. like footy, especially where it's bloody it's a bloody tough career and you don't play for all that long. Yep. the lifespan span isn't that long. I think you've got to you've got to enjoy life. So, but anyway, enough talking about cash. Yeah, no, fair enough. <laughs> well, no, I want to I want to ask one more thing about cash. Right. <laughs> because there was a point. It was like a trigger point from the outside looking in, where cricket became really big time in terms of opportunity to make some cash and that seemingly was when the IPL come along it, yeah. it again from the outside looking in and I don't know you yeah no that's probably a fair point I think um so yeah the IPL along with other leagues around the around the world have started up over yeah. the last you know dozen years or so so bloody good timing for me I must admit but um, <laughs> um well, I think because now, it became public because they were announcing what you know um <clears throat> so-and-so bid at X amount on Shane Watson yeah, to you go, Jesus. Yeah, ridiculous amounts of money. Yeah. That's right. Um, so, yes, that's that's probably very true since, you know, probably since 2020 come along and that, mm. you know, and since then we've had, you know, uh, it's great now in domestic 
especially domestic players here, and um, you don't have to be just an international player to be able to make good money from yeah. you know from playing cricket um, for your state. Um, and that's the same case around the world in you know some of the other. Um, with the introduction of some of the other T Twenty leagues, so yeah, it's a it's a good thing. Not only you know if you're a gun T Twenty player, you can play, you know, for big money if that's if that's what you want to do alongside your you know playing for your country. But now we're seeing you know comps like Big Bash where you can just be you know not playing cricket yeah. for your country and still earning you know you know good good wedge. Yep, good, 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 good. It's good. It's good for the players. Absolutely. I think yeah. You think you got to you know like most professional sports. You know, it's Big Bash is sort of you know to give. The listeners a bit of an idea. It's pretty, you know, it's pretty high pressure sort of thing. It's yeah. as close you can sort of close as you can get to international cricket, you know, at a, at a domestic level. So you know, you make a duck, you know, you, you flick your social media media on, you know all about it sort of thing. So you earn your, you know, you, you earn your your money playing, you know, with yeah. the pressures that you've got to deal with. What what's that like? I mean, that's something you've dealt with at an international level, domestic level, um, in all forms, short and long. That. Is the social media do you do a lot of people tend to just switch it off and don't or is it hard to get away from? Like if you if yeah, you if you've made a couple of ducks and you're not taking or you're not taking wickets <laughs> as a bowler or whatever. Yeah, I think well it's hard to get away from because it's just there. It's yeah. there, it's on you, you know, it's everywhere. So whether it's and you know, and then you've got the paper as well. So what do you do? You you know, what you to hide under a rock and you know, you, you basically live your life on your phone. Like I don't have have a, have a computer these days. You just run your emails yeah. and everything through your phone. But anyway, um, oh look, it's everyone deals with that sort of stuff differently, mm-hmm. um, and it's part of you know playing sports. So I was probably pretty lucky. I didn't cop too much over my career, but you know, there's some people that I'm you know that know that have been you know you get, and it's well you see it in the in the media and stuff still today. Today's day and age, um, you know, with shocking examples of what people say, you mm. know, whether they're a sportsman or not, just what, what you what people well, say right. to each other. It's yeah. just, you know, it's no good. So Pe- People love just being assholes on social media. <laughs> yeah, it can be, yeah. But, but I'd imagine as a, with a profile, you're an easy target. Yeah, I guess, um, yeah, if once you're on the, you know, if you're playing cricket on the TV and people think you're not playing that well, yeah. then, you know, it's like any <laughs> any sport or anything, I guess, they're happy to give it, let you know yeah. how you're going. So, but it's, I guess at the end of the day, it's a good, good leveler, but... Yeah, like, but you be. still shouldn't have to put up with that. But because it, it's even like even in person, as you're if you're walking off a ground, football, cricket, whatever, you see, people are genuinely just hurling a bit. It still blows <laughs> me away a little bit. Oh, uh, look, it's not all all abuse, but I think it's the main <laughs> thing is about how you deal with that sort of stuff. Um, you know, some people really struggle with it. Some people, it's just you know, it's water off a duck's back. So, um, yeah, it's an, it's interesting. But uh, look, I don't. Everyone pays their ticket to, or pays their subscription on Foxtel, so they're probably entitled to. <laughs> if you make a duck, get stuck in here. And everyone's an expert. Let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> um, the overseas thing was that something that you got tired of at some point, or is that fun? Uh, I was. Uh, no, I got tired of it pretty quickly because I was, as you know, as we've touched on now, from country boy from Bensdale, and I, mm. you know, when I wasn't playing cricket, if I got a day off or something like that, I, there was other things that I would like like to do, like mm. you know, like fishing or playing golf, or yeah. now hanging out with the family and spending time with them. So, um, you know, although playing cricket over, you know, over the seas throughout my career was um, was good stuff, uh, was good, and I learnt lots and needed to do that sort of thing. I always, mm. you know, missed home and was every time I went away, I was almost counting down the days to really? to when I got home. So, um, so and yeah, probably, hopefully, yeah, I'll probably have to if I want to stay in coaching and uh, you know develop there, I'll probably have to go overseas again. Yeah, so that's the next for you. You want to really get stuck into this coaching thing? I think you'd be a great coach. <laughs> oh, I hope so. Um, yeah, but I, like cricket's what I know. It's yeah. been, I've been doing it since I left school. So, 
um, going to school at Bensdale Tech, mate. I don't. I'm not overly educated to to do <laughs> heaps of stuff. So and having you know. A, being a full-time cricketer for the best part, as we said, 20 years, I haven't sort of done any extra study. I just put all my energy into being a cricketer. So, mm. oh, But I still like it and I still love cricket and um, enjoy the coaching and helping side of things. So that's probably where I want to stay for the stay for the moment. Yeah, I hear a lot of people say, oh, apparently, um, you know, so-and-so's into fishing. Oh, that, that's a bit funny. Oh, an athlete, he loves his fishing. I've spoken to you so many times when you and I have been out fishing or whatever, we go away and it's, it's so much about that release for, well, even for me, like for to get out of the office or get out of work or get away from the home life or whatever for a day or whatever, um, is that still what it's really important for you about something like fishing? Yeah, for sure. And I look, I grew up fishing, so it's not so. Yeah, it's there is that sort of release element and get away from things and you know not uh, have to think about you know whether it's work or cricket or whatever it is. But um, you know, I just like fishing. I like catching fish. I like you know catching a fi- uh, feed a fish you know Absolutely. to eat as well. So. Um. Yeah, it's just something I've always loved. I still love it. Uh, my old man still lives back in Bensdale. It's good to catch, you know, catch up with him and go fishing, go away with you know him and his mates, and you know yeah. go camping for a couple of days. There's nothing. That's you know one of the things I miss about you know living in living in the city. It's not you know what I mean. Like yeah, when you lived in the when you live in the country, you can go to you know travel to a couple of hours and you be in some sort of great spot. Where, yeah, you know, it's pretty. You know, not a lot of people around. You sort of got to really put in the hours to sort of if you're living in around a big city to to yeah. find those sort of venues. So, um, yeah. But now to your question, yeah, definitely still miss fishing. I can't wait for the day where I've got a bit more time <laughs> to do some more. I, I one thing I want to get out of the podcast series that I'm doing is to throughout the series I talk to all sorts of different people, but I, I do want to incorporate some people that are that have the passion of the outdoors and, and the fishing thing because um, I, I really think it's an, it's such an important thing. Um, I know how important it is for me to, to be outdoors and out in the fresh air, out in the bush, out in the ocean, whatever it may be. And I, I've actually been talking to some people recently about encouraging them to go and do something like that, even if they've never done it, as a just to experience. I don't think people ever really know what it's like and that some of the things you experience when you're out and about. It's not just it, you get earmarked a little bit sometimes as like a bit, it's a bit of a cowboy type hobby. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you're but, saying. But it's yeah. it's such a it's such a it can be anything from a real spiritual experience sometimes, especially you know things like camping yep. out in the bush when you just got you know yourself. So the, the thing that sticks in my mind every time I go camping, it's the smell of the bush. Yeah. When you drive into the forest or yep. you know down by you know wherever it is, you can sort of you can smell you can it's a different smell. So you yeah. never really get to experience that. Uh, you know, in and around the city, it's not until you drive into a forest or out into the you know real countryside in amongst the you know it's called the bush or whatever you're, yeah. whether you're you know up in the mountains or you're um you you know somewhere coastal. So well, that's probably a weird thing to no to, uh, to no say, not but one bit. That's that's what's always you know when I go away, I sort of I go oh yeah, I feel as I can yeah. sm- I can smell the bush. But it's also I re- I think the fresh air. So that smells all part of that though, and and a lot of uh, a lot of you city folk can. Yeah, exactly. You, when you do, but you, there's an absolute difference in the in the air in the air quality and the smells and the the sounds. Yep, it's, oh, good. it's oh, good for the soul. I think camping oh, and mate. getting away. So I look forward to. I've got two girls, mate. So I'm not yeah. sure how they're going to go with camping, but they're going to. We'll give it a go. So yeah. I think it's I think it's good for today's you know our little tackers as well. So um, they built they're already bred into the TV and the iPad, aren't they? Yep. So um, and things like that, so it'll be good for them to get them out and about. I'm big on making sure that that's a part of my kids' lives too, and, and we've already um, 
um, my oldest, my, she she's into her camping, mate. So you, you you'll be right. Yeah, we're getting there. But the um, but my my middle boy who's four, we, we went out um a few months back for his first camping experience, just the swag, and he, mate, he's he's all over it. That's good. But it's important for me to I want to make sure that that is a part of their lives, even if it's just easing them into it every now and then, because they need to know that that's that's there and that's doable. We're we're pretty lucky in Australia to be able to do that oh, for sure. And, and that's probably something you forget as well. Not only that, Australia is unbelievable. And and realistically, Victoria, New South Wales, you can explore for your whole life. And there's so many different scenes. There's so much different area to explore. And, and it really is a, a luxury to have that. There's there's endless yeah, there is. amounts like, of places people are, to go. People, people often over playing cricket over the years, you know, you travel to a lot of, you know, very good places and people ask you, well, you know, where are you going to go on your, you know, your holiday? Yeah. And I just, you know, I'm, my first answer is always, oh, I'm going to Australia, mate. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm not going far, you know, whether it's, yeah. as you mentioned there, you hook the, well, for me, you hook the boat, car and boat up and go somewhere yeah, East Gippsland or, as we both know, and spend a bit of time at a place like, you know, on the south coast, um, the rumour as mm. well. So places, you know, they're just small places that people might have heard of, but I just, you know, they're as good as anywhere anywhere in the world the as far fr- as I'm, you know, oh, concerned. 100%. And I've been to a, you know, a few, you know. You've been around. Yeah, so, you know, you think of places <laughs> like postcard places like, you know, you know the Caribbean and things yeah. like that and, you know, down south of Sri Lanka or wherever it is, you know, that's, you know, places that, um, you know, South Africa, there's some great, great spots there as well. But, you know, and then you think back to some of the places I've been to, you know, just in Victoria, New South Wales, and then, you you know, you go to the NT and there's endless stuff you can yeah. go and see and do, which basically for me all evolves around fishing, but that's all right. That's just buyer's choice. But um, Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but but even like some, you would have done a bit of travelling through Africa or a few of the countries a little, there? A yeah. little bit. It's yeah. hard when you're... When you're playing cricket, you basically you go there, play cricket, yeah, and by the end enough. of the tour, you're pretty keen to get home. But yeah, you see a little bit of it, and because every thing, now and again, you get a chance to do some good stuff. Yeah, but the thing that you'd notice there, and I've been through a bit of the country or a bit of the continent there, the thing that always sticks out at me is the freedom we've got here that we can do basically whatever we want in terms of hitting the road and going for it, and not. I don't know. I, there's the there's. There's always risks involved in doing anything, but yeah. but Australia... We've got plenty of rules here, though. That's the only thing I reckon compared to a lot of other countries <laughs> yeah. and states and territories. In, in what regard? Uh, where you can drive your car, you know, to whether you can take your dog, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, what you're allowed to do, you know, just things like that, where you're allowed to camp, yeah. things like that. Whereas I find, obviously, in the NT, you can basically drive your, tar- your car anyway, camp, pull up, pull your swag up, yeah. you know, do, do whatever, whereas I find, you know... Down, oh, you mean down south? Down, down south especially, yeah. you, know, you know, you're not allowed to do this and you're allowed to do that. Yeah. You know, you've got to pay for a site to go and camp and all that sort of stuff. So yeah. I find that a bit odd, but anyway, that's another, another matter. But, but yeah, no, that's a fair call. But I think in general, Australia as a whole, the the freedom we've got yeah. to be able to travel in our own country and, and do so much well, it's unbelievable so big, you stuff. Can go, you can go anywhere, can't you? Oh, it's like travelling through different countries when you get hit different points of the coast, you know. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you, you do obviously... Um, even in even in the states, you know, there's, there's sort of limitations on where you want to go and what you can do and and so forth. And I think there's not many. If you're into your sort of exploring or travelling or whatever, you, there's nowhere in Australia you wouldn't want to go. There's no, that's right. So and much. Yes, yeah, so I suppose you, what you might be getting at that you don't have to worry about. You know, if you turn the wrong, you know, take the wrong corner or you walk into the wrong neighbourhood, that you, you know, something's going to go, yeah. you know, a bit pear shaped. But you don't. You know, I guess you don't. We are lucky in many respects in in our country where we don't have to worry about that sort of stuff too much. Yeah, that's true. Young family, how's that all going, mate? 
Busy, very busy. Yeah. Basically, oh, my <laughs> eldest is nearly four and uh, the youngest just turned one. So Four-year-old in fine. My four-year-old right. is in absolute fine form. <laughs> Three-nager three <laughs> we've got at the moment. So. But anyway, uh, it's a bit something. <laughs> I wasn't much of a um, kid person until my two came along, so it's been a very much another learning experience, but something I'm enjoying along with my wife, Jack. So, yeah, it's all going well. So, good, yeah, it's as I adventure. said, uh, keeping, keeping me busy. Absolutely. Mm. Fair adventure. Um. Where have you been fishing? Been doing much? Just local recently. Mm. Um, weather's been, as we just spoke about, a bit ordinary the last couple of weeks, but um, do most of my fishing you know, these days close by, bottom end of Port Phillip Bay and in Bass Strait. So, um, yeah, I haven't... What else did I do at the end of the season? Did did get a quick trip into Naruma for a little bit, got some kingies at the island there, but yeah, locally it's just mainly been you know, the whiting and gummies and yeah. you know, squid and the usual sort of stuff kicking around. Tell me about your rig. Your new boat. Yeah, it's coming along. So I've had the six metre Eden craft for probably, what are we coming up? Probably 12 months now. So yeah, I've almost got it, you know, where I want it pretty much. A couple of little bits and pieces to be added. Uh, you know, got the, haven't had the outriggers yet, which has been killing me for when I've been up the coast, but they've, they're about to get put on. So they're ready for the next summer. And then I think I'm done. But they're all, you know, what boats are like. There's always something to add. Yeah, I, no, I know what boats are like, but I know what you're like. There's always something that you're going to get <laughs> new. Got or a, it's got a pie warmer. That's all you need. <laughs> You've had a fair evolu- ever, evolution of boats through your... Uh, well, since even I've known you. Wasted plenty of money on boats. Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm trying to say that you've stepped up and up and up and I'm wondering where's, <laughs> where the next step no, is. No, I think I'm hoping this one's you know, a lifetime boat. Um, so, yeah, I started my... What did I start with? I started with, you know, like a lot of people do, just a Quintrex and then worked my way into the plate boats with bar mm. cru- a couple of bar crushers. And then, um, yeah, just, you know, dealing with Port Phillip Bay. It's a pretty open expanse of water. Mm. And, you know, I, f- I find this particular stretch of Bass Strait compared to the, you know, bit of Bass Strait that I used to fish out of, you know, you know East Gippsland, Lakes Entrance. And, yeah. you know, that area is much, you know, with no uh, protection from Wilson's Prom. Um which you got, you know, on that on that sort of what's that western western side, eastern side, sorry. So yeah, being on this yeah. exposed side, you know, fishing out of you know going through the rip and out into Bass Strait, you rarely get a flat day, you know, she's even on the good day. So yeah, she's a mad bit of water. Yeah, it's it's um it's you know it is it can get quite rough, and there's always you know there's always a bit of breeze and there's always a bit of chop. So yeah. made the move to the to the you know deep V glass boat. So yeah, three, there's been a three tons of goodness. Three tons of goodness. It's a fair lump of boat. Yep. There's been a fair um, swing in the boat market and probably, I'll, I suppose, talk for Victoria more so than I've noticed elsewhere. But I remember as a kid um, growing up and obviously, as you said before, spending plenty of time on the New South Wales south coast and that. Some of those bigger boats were a bit more frequent. They love their big sort of aluminium boats up there from memory. But seems like there's been a real this real swing for these Big, heavy, powerful—well, powerful, but also just handle anything type boats down here in Victoria. Lately. Yeah, especially I reckon the US boats are starting to yeah. really. Um, you know, um, I was trying to think of a brand just since I just said that, but the big sort of high-fronted V mm. boats have come into it. Um, Trophy would be one. Um, there's another couple that I that eludes me at the moment that I've seen around that are sort of you know kicking their traditional sort of old school you know Haynes's and yeah. you know, V you know deep V sort of um, anything that molds out. Yeah, the only bit. thing that confuses me about those ones, and and I get the appeal to bring them over and import them because um, beautiful boats. But for use here in and around Victoria, it's very open. You're very exposed. Yeah, 
So, yeah. Yeah, they're still, the ones I'm thinking of, they're not sort of center console oh, okay. or anything like that. They're more still your cutty, your right. cutties. Yep. They're sort of, you know, like your, um, you know, your Haynes's and your Bass Straits and your Eden Crafts and boats like that, but they've sort of got the, a bit more, even a bit more boats in the front of them, aren't yeah. they? So, yeah, so, yeah, but they're bloody nice boats, but I can see why they've sort of, there's, you know, even some more probably grunt in them than compared to these ones. But even with what you've got, there's not a lot that you can't do. No, well, that's the reason why I yeah. sort of I wanted to get the boat. You know, six metres isn't overly big. Um, still wanted to be able to tow it. I know, obviously, the history of the boat and how well it handles in mm. you know in all conditions. So, and they're great to fish out of. So, um, what are you towing that thing with? Land cruiser. Yeah, all legal, mate. All no, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not questioning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think that you know the 200 series Land Cruiser is about as you know as good as tow vehicles well, you can get these days. Pretty yeah. much. Well, there's a couple of other exceptions out there, but um, it's good for the family as well. Comfortable yep. and does the, it's good on you know the long trips and things like that. So but you got to have trust. something like that though, right? With a two and a half, three ton boat, mm, you have to. You're not pulling that with a sedan, nah. <laughs> VL <laughs> Commodore. <laughs> I was trying to think of something. But yeah, so it's the whole package. It which, is. There's a real, um, and going back to that that push for those sort of boats, um, things like the boat show here in Melbourne, it's it's almost all that now, isn't it? There's obviously the, still obviously, and a, and a huge market for tinnies of all shapes and sizes, but there's a real um, buzz around the big glass boats that have that look that you're talking about, Edencraft and, and even those international boats and stuff like that. It's... It's interesting to see what the next step is for the Australian manufacturers and it'd be cool to see, yeah, something maybe that's, uh, I don't know, a bit more gettable for the, for you know, everyone to get their hands on something like that to handle the, the waters down here. Yeah, that's right. I think, um, well, you sort of see the boating, what type of boats, you know, uh, specific down, you know, south is, you know, it, t- it changes everywhere you sort of go from state to state, doesn't it? So yeah. Yeah, it does. You know, you don't see too many deep V glass boats kicking around sort of the top end of the, you know, no. up the top end or anything like that. Then you can go back to more your plate boats. So, yeah, I guess um, there's plenty of boats out there to choose from and, you know, that's you just got to buy specific to where you want to go fishing, I guess. Yeah, that's your problem. Yeah, well, that's why I just bought this boat because <laughs> then I can just go anywhere. You can, you can. Just about. I reckon I can nearly get to Tassie. Easy. Couldn't you? Yeah, might have to. If I left them, take some uh, take some spare fuel. If I left from the heads, I'd need a bit bit of extra fuel. But if I reckon if I drove around to where Port McDonald or somewhere, is that is that close? One of those left yeah. from there, Port McDonald, or yeah, you're a bit closer to King Island from there. Yeah, getcha, getcha. Yeah. Have you opened it up? How far should we? Yeah, well, I've opened it up a couple of times, <laughs> just under a hundred. <laughs> I'm not surprised. It was a dumb <laughs> question. How fast are you going in it? Just under a hundred hundred kilometers an hour. But I need to. I probably need to wait till I've got a. That's fast on the water. Well, I don't have too much fuel and nothing on board. I reckon I might nearly get there. I mean, crack the ton. <laughs> too fast on the water, though. You want to make sure it's flat. It's quick. It's yep. quick. It's hard to sort of... That's another thing, I suppose, talking about people that are trying to explain things and people that haven't experienced it. That's that's fast on water, for sure. Yeah, well, 50 kilometres an hour is bloody quick on water. Yeah? Yeah? Mm. We've got a spot, uh, a headland that we like to head. How quick do you reckon we could get there? How, many, how far is that, I suppose, to, to pick, paint yeah, the picture about for people from listening? From Port Phillip Heads to yeah. Cape Shanks, about yeah. 30, 30 kilometres. 30K? 30K, yeah. Bar Crusher, you could get there on a real good day in about 45, 45 minutes. So I reckon, I reckon. you'd definitely get there in the, somewhere in the 30s if it was a good day. Okay. Yep. All right, I think we need we to We can do at least 60 kilometres an hour, yeah. We pick our day. Yeah. We'll, 
Yeah. Get a light and all the rest, even though it's swell, and we hug the beach, we'll get there quick. Very good, very yeah. good. Hey, tell me a little bit more about your uh, coaching at the moment. You're doing some stuff with some uh, younger... Yeah, underage programs with Cricket Victoria. So awesome. uh, the under-17s and under-19s with, uh, yeah, with Cricket Victoria. So they have each a... In the under-17s and under-19s, there's a country and a metro team. So yep. four teams combined, which is uh, at this stage of the year, it's a... You know, it's a Fair few young young men, young blokes, young yeah. kids. So, yeah, just sort of working away with them. A couple of sessions last week in the school holidays. Uh, one this week and then, you know, pretty consistently throughout, you know, one or two nights a week throughout, you know, uh, I think the under-17 uh, National Carnival is on in, uh, you know, the start of October. So, mm. yeah, I'll work with um, specifically the under-17s going into that and go away with them. Um, Beautiful. And then, you know, I think it's Thursday nights, you know, a bit of boat, bit of, you know, um, batting and just a bit of coaching with yeah. you know, under 17s under 19s you know throughout the winter and into the lead up to the season so yeah, any, it's, it's been good any Cameron Whites amongst them <laughs> there's a probably a lot better than that are uh, a lot that are better than me that's for sure but the you know there's um the country kids have been really good actually so yeah. when the the boys uh, or a lot of the other coaches that I'm working with sort of said, you know, sometimes the country kids can be, you know, a bit slow on the uptake. So <laughs> I didn't take it personally. <laughs> and, um, you know, but uh, the country kids have, compared to the Metro kids, that is, yeah. but, you know, the country kids have been pretty good. I think, you know, they probably might even have the, the Metro boys covered this year, but we'll wait we'll and see out. when we get into the... Yeah. Um, I'm so working you, for both. We're not just... Oh, I was going to say, country. have you We're got... Working with both, sorry. Yep. So, um, no, I'm not aligned to any one okay. particular team. Um, I'm just sort of like... You know, drifting around or floating between all sort of four teams. You know, that's country metro, both the nineteens and seventeens. Is there anyone, and and just in, I suppose, over the years, is it easy to, or is it possible to spot a superstar in a yeah, kid? They're the, you know, uh, in Australian cricket, I think we've been looking for the next superstar for a little while. They are the easiest yeah. ones to find. Uh, you know, you see always whether it's cricket or footy or work related whatever it is the mm. people that are really good are the generally the ones that stand out i guess yeah and at a young age i look i haven't been you know in the coaching you know scene although you know via captaincy and playing for a long time i don't think yeah. you would you would be silly to pigeonhole anyone at you know 16 or 17 or 18 yeah. about you know their ability everyone you're allowed to improve well into your 20s 30s and you know, i'm some, still waiting to improve yeah some cases <laughs> 40s and you know depending on what sport you're doing or yeah. what aspects yeah. of life um so yeah, it's not just about um, the talent ID at a young age, but you, you know sometimes it's just, you, know, you know what they might be like, especially with fast bowlers. You got these sort of like some of them, they're sixteen year old kids that are two hundred and five centimeters. Like you're yep. probably their body's still just catching up to the, you know, well, their mind and their you know and yeah, strength and all that sort yeah. of stuff. So but you see that in in footy with ruckman, a lot of them aren't really ready until they're in mid. 20s aren't they really or even late 20s a lot of the time yeah exactly yeah they're big Tall blokes guys, aren't yeah. they yeah, so it's yep. no different in cricket and then every now and again you just get the you know the young kid that's you know you know quite a you know square sh- you see the square shoulders and you know he's physically pretty pretty on the money already yeah. and I guess it's no different to an AFL drafter you hear this you hear the term like he's you know he's ready to go yep. ready to go sort of ready made footballer at 18 or 19 so it's no different in cricket some some guys are just they're just ready to play at an early age and yeah. you can see that there's with others there's a lot of potential and talent there, but it's going to be, you know, a physical and um, sometimes a skill thing or, you know, mental or whatever it is. It'll just take a bit longer, but yeah. everyone, everyone's different. Yeah. And what, what about over the years as a player and a captain? Have you have you identified or, or even just thought to yourself during, you know, a kid's come into the domestic comp and then within a couple of years or and you've played against them or with them and gone, fucking hell, like this kid. Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah, and they, then, yeah they come along. Like yeah. You know, in Victoria... 
over the years, if I can, you know, the Australian captain at the moment, Aaron Finch, like, yeah. you know, this is sort of, you know, he might have made his debut, you know, four, five, six years after I started playing. You sort of see him come into the um, ranks as a junior player. You think, you know, his class is above. And then the next one after that, sort of like someone like uh, Peter Hanscom, who's now yep. playing for Australia. And then just in recent times, we've got um, a young um, guy who's now just on the verge. He's playing for Australia at the moment, Will Pukowski. And yep. I think, um, you know, they're just, you know, two or three blokes that are... Um, you know, that stand out. But then you get someone, um, an interesting case, like someone like Alex Keith. Alex Keith is now playing, you know, great football for Adelaide Crows yeah. and he's sort of come into, you know, through the pathway system in um, cricket and in and in footy, to be fair. And then, you know, he was very passionate about cricket, so he played a few games for Victoria. You could also, all everyone could sort of see the talent, yeah. Um, you know, physical attributes, everything he had. And I think he was probably going to make it at a cricket, but he just sort of didn't have a, you know, missed out on a bit of luck early on and, okay. you know, end up, you know, deciding here, went back to footy, and now he's playing sort of, you know, great footy yeah. for the Crows. So they're talking about him playing all Australian, being the all Australian team. So yeah, there's always sort of different cases, isn't there? So, Something like that is that. Was, did, did that shock you? Oh no, someone you can just uh, speaking of like physical attributes. I yeah. you know Alex Alex had had them all. So if and you hear the reports about how good a footballer he was. So yeah, uh, no, that wasn't a, that wasn't a shock. I guess it's um it's probably just the hard road. You know, he probably went down. Starting footy late, especially John Hastings always used to tell me he could have been the full forward of Hawthorne for <laughs> fifteen years. Well, to be fair, I think before until Hasto found the piss and the smokes, like I think he was, he was to be fair, he's a pretty good athlete. Athlete, he's a big specimen of a yeah, human. Yeah. It would have been hard to beat one out in the goal square. Yeah, uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, well, he had a big tank as well, so I'm not sure the goal square <laughs> mightn't have been. I reckon I could have pushed him under the ball a bit. But um, no, but um, I mean, it's it. You would have. Enjoyed seeing a few of the young Victorian guys come through, particularly over the last what five or six years. Given that the Vicks didn't get much of a run there for a little while, yeah, for sure. And that's to be honest, that's what you know. I hopefully I can see coaching now as well. It's about helping awesome. you know young young players get better and then progress their career. So um, along uh, as well as working in a team environment. So yeah, um, you get that enjoyment um, working with those you know those good elite players for sure. So. Um, and as I just said, I mentioned a few of them that have sort of come through the, mm. you know, through the ranks, and they were just batsmen. And then you can, you know, you flip over to the bowlers. There's some really good ones as well. You know, James Pattinson, Peter yep. Siddle was debuted. You know, another Gippsland boy. He um, debuted in the same Test series as me, and you know, yep. he's had a great career. So you see all these sort of people come through, and um, you know, there's plenty, of, there's plenty of other examples as well. You know? Yeah, mm. good to see Finchy. Smacking him around a bit in the World Cup. Yeah, he was mate. under the pressure, you know, through our last Australian summer, wasn't he? He was almost on the verge of being dropped, and then all of a sudden, he's you know, it's you play a couple of, he gets a couple of hundreds, and how accurate? How accurate is the media pressure as opposed to the internal pressure? Pretty, it's always is it? pretty close to the money. Yep. Yeah, yeah, with the just adds a bit of extra pressure on you as well. But I think you know the media aren't silly; they know what's going on, and they've always got their links to the right are you, people. Are you so trying to tell me they're always accurate. Uh, no, they're not always <laughs> accurate, but they're always, you know, in no. there if there's smoke, you know, smoke and Someone fire, all that it. sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Do you believe that every ta- in every case, smoke and fire? No, not every case, but you know, you you don't have to. If someone's you're watching the tally and you're paying attention to who's kicking goals or who's not or who's making runs or not taking any wickets, you can soon, you know, know who's under pressure who's and under who's pressure. not. Yeah. Fair enough. Yep. Fair enough. I want to just ask you another cricket thing mm-hmm. because I, I love the uh, I love finding out about the way brains work. I love it. Yeah, righto. I'd just love to know if you – maybe you don't remember it. I'm sure you do. When you got the gig as captain of Australia, yep. the T20 side. Mm-hmm. Short-lived, but, yep, I remember it. Yeah, but it 
it's something that no one can ever take from me. <laughs> this is the thing, and yeah. I've actually spoken also to you about Captain this Also, Captain Australia before. in an ODI once. Won the game, so I've got a one game, 100% oh, record. Fucking actually. righto, mate. I'm not talking about that. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. but, but this is the thing, and, and I've spoken to you about this before, and, and I'm not saying that you don't already know this or think this, but from a sport, I'm a sport lover, and but a fan, and I've never been a professional athlete, but that is something, and again... To, to represent a country or to represent the team or a, a, at a professional level or domestic level or junior level, it's something to be proud of. To 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 represent your country and be the captain. <laughs> did you? I'd love to. I'd love to go back and be there when you found that out to see you. Was it a reaction that you were like pumped, ecstatic, but then shit yourself a little bit? Uh not really, because captaincy was something I'd. You know, no matter what the team was, and from what from a very early age, it sort of it sat pretty well with me from an on field point of view. So it's you know I've I've always thought that I had a pretty good idea of you know how to do things out in the field. So though I didn't find that difficult, if that made any sense, it was always as I touched on earlier, the challenges were always you know learning about man management and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, like at the time, you think you know you probably you know took a deep breath and. Um, you know, thought about, you know, probably you think your mind switches straight to like, right, what team are we picking and who, you know, when's the next game and how long have I got to get ready for it sort mm. of thing. So, but then now, you know, finish your career and you look back and, you know, you, you're, it's like getting a bag of green cap and, you know, same sort of thing. No one can ever take that away from you. So, yeah, it'll be, uh, you know, looking back in uh, in a few years' time or however long, it'd just be, it's a nice thing to be able to think, yeah, you know, I did that one day. But at the Absolutely, end, end of the, you know, end of the day, you know, I don't think anyone, it's not that <laughs> but it is a big deal, and I, and I, I'm, not, I'm not. You know, I, I think, I think, I, I feel like in a lot of cases, I get those sort of things get played down a bit. I, I just think maybe it, internally, as someone who's been part of the game for twenty odd years, it right now it might not be a big deal, or I'm sure it is a little bit. But at at some point, in maybe upon reflection, it'd be like, and maybe it's when. Your girls are old enough to go. Oh shit, Dad was all right. Yeah, <laughs> captain Australia. He was a hack, but yeah, somehow captain of a couple of teams. Yeah. You've probably already tried telling them how good you were. Ah, oh, yeah. uh, I shouldn't say were. You're still playing. <laughs> anyway, but that's you know. Yeah, well, look. Hopefully, it's yeah, it'll be a nice thing to look back on. Absolutely. Mm. So Adelaide, mate, that's the next step. Before I let you go, yeah. pumped. Yeah, I'll look. Uh, it's still a fair way away. Like yep. point, you know, big bashes. Late December, Jan, yeah. start of Feb, so um, I don't want to peak too early. Do you have to spend some time there, or are you just sort of in and out? You're uh, a FIFO. Yeah, I'm not sure how it'll work yet, so uh, I think I'll probably... Everyone's so busy in the lead-up to yep. it from a domestic point of view, so I'm playing here in uh, the Premier Competition with Melbourne. They've got yep. great great facilities. That'll be you know as good a preparation as I can get can playing competitive cricket, and then obviously the facilities over in Adelaide are fantastic. So yeah, look, I'd imagine I'd probably get over there you know a week or ten days, two weeks, whatever it. Um, we work out to be the best sort of preparation for myself and you know the team yeah. and all that sort of stuff. So um, get over there and get stuck into that. But um, yeah, that probably not that's probably not going to happen until like yeah, yeah. mid December. And so you'll you'll be there permanently through the tournament. Yeah, you live there. Um, okay. Anyone that's comes, whether you're playing for the Renegade Stars from interstate or yep. you know me going across to Adelaide, yeah, they uh, put you up in a hotel and um, you know the family will pop across probably a couple of times. And who knows how that's all going to work at this stage? Yeah. But um, yeah, you live there. Um, you're pretty busy anyway. You're on the road. We play what is it? A heap of games now, fourteen or fifteen games yeah. now. So. Over uh, about 50 days, so 
training and you know other sort of appearances and stuff like that so you don't get too many days off so and you're on the road a lot of the time as well so yeah i've got the two two melbourne teams to play so i'll be back in melbourne you know at least a couple of times um, not much sledging in those games i wouldn't have thought uh, it's not much anywhere these days it's pretty tame to be honest so is it um, yeah it's not much disappointing no oh, you're just not allowed to you were can't. you a good sledger before they no, really I, cut never, down on? I never did much sledging mate. <laughs> not much um so, yeah, look, it'll be good once we get over there and get into it. I'm looking forward yeah. to it, yeah, for sure. But um, I'll save my excitement for when I get there. Fair enough, fair mm. enough. Mm. If they still Is the Big Bash tournament still – have they done anything about the time frame of it? I think it's still it – has, the schedule hasn't been released yet. So usually by this stage, um, you know, what are we in now? July, it would be out. So I think there is a bit of toing and froing over the schedule. It all comes mm. down to broadcasting and – Yeah, sure. You know, at the end of the day, cash. So everyone wants their, you know, to the best deal for themselves. So the broadcasters will probably have the overriding um, say. But um, yeah, I think I don't think the players are too fussed about how many. You know, the, there's a lot more, a few more games last year. I don't think that's the issue. I think it's just how long the it tournament goes it goes for. Yeah, yeah. So I think the players are happy to play the same. You know, roughly the same amount of games, but just is can, the, condense it a t- touch. Is the draw still there for the international guys to come over? Like, is it still? There seem to be less or maybe not as high profile players coming over. Yeah, spot couple on years. the money there. That's right, and that is the reason because because is because the tournament is so long. Yeah, um, there's other tournaments around the world where overseas players can spend less time away from home and probably get double the pay. So yeah, it just makes sense for them to you know that that just yeah. makes sense to you know to to go and do. So yeah, we've struggled to attract the bigger name internationals, which is one of the main issues for the for the competition. So no doubt they'll be they'll be looking into that, whether they shorten the competition, try and pay the overseas more. Mm. But then on the you know, on the flip side that's a bit unfair to the local players as well. So there's a whole, you know, no doubt like any sort of um, you know, organisation or yeah. competition, whatever it is, um, they've got their issues. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. It's well a, mate it's a bloody good comp though. It is. It's fun. It's so much fun, and and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you in different colours this year. Yeah. Uh, truth be told, I actually was a Stars fan, and then you persuaded me to go over to the Renegades. Oh, well, I didn't have much choice in that you, either. So you threaten winning with my <laughs> life. Uh, so I don't know about being a Sixers fan, mate. I mean, a a uh, what are they strikers? Strikers. strikers. No, we're not going <laughs> to Sydney. We're going to yes yeah, Adelaide Strikers. We'll see how we go. Yep. I'll watch it, <laughs> mate. Good stuff. Thanks for dropping by. No worries. Thanks for the chat.